0: Well, we're looking forward to episode 20 here of the Cherokee Rewind. Thanks for hanging out with us here. My name is Mick, and my guest this week, whoa, this is a, this is a doozy here. I'm really looking forward to this one. Well, I look forward to every one of them, to be honest. But I, I still am looking forward to this one quite a bit because this guy, uh, well, he, cha- he was the captain the year that the Toledo Cherokee won the national championship back in 1998. And, of course, uh, he's gone on to be a successful businessman in the real estate world. He is uh, very, very well known and established in that world. But for at least one hour here, we're going to sit here and talk about something other than that. Uh, is we're going to talk about his days back when he was in a Cherokee uniform back in the 90s. And, of course, he goes by the name of Mr. Hank Avink. And, well, Aves, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Um, if I remember correctly, you wore number six?
1: Yeah, that is... Uh interesting because my wife wore that number all through sports too so um, it's kind of neat you know when you were talking about winning a national championship I got chills just thinking about um, what that experience was like and what a great group of guys and um, just a first-class organization uh, from start to finish
0: you know and it's funny because I I think about you know well first of all how long did you play with the Cherokee how many seasons
1: So I got drafted, and an interesting story, Chuck LeMay sent somebody out to fight me because he was concerned, because you said in the beginning, a skinny guy from West Michigan, and so Chuck LeMay sent somebody out to fight me at a tryout to see if I was tough, and uh, so I fought the guy, and I hurt his knuckles pretty bad, and uh, I don't even think I threw a punch, and it was funny, the guy actually, when he landed on top of me, because I pulled him down, he spit in my face and said, uh, Welcome to Junior's Rookie. And nice. uh, and I remember yeah. saying that would never happen to me again. And I hit the weight room, and Chuck drafted me. So I started in 95 or 96 after I graduated. So I played three seasons. Um, first season, we just got to national. Second season, Jason Renegar was my defensive partner. Mm-hmm. And, and the outcome of that, you know, we were runner-up. And uh, I was going to retire after that. And then I remember standing up in the room, and and I may have dropped an F-bomb and said, I'm coming back. Who's with me? And uh, that's when we decided to come back and win the championship.
0: That was something impressive. because but I think the, two, the thing that really hurt about that, that finishing runner-up was the fact that we finished runner-up in our home rink.
1: Oh, man. What, a, what an experience. I mean, Tamil Shander was just rocking. I, I mean, it, and again, my stories might be off because I probably made them to what I want them to be. But that place was standing room only. Yes, it was. Um, Multiple it, people keep. Yeah, it was just, um, the experience and, and that those games were just as good as hockey gets at that level. I believe, I mean, it was fast. It was hard hitting. I mean, it was just incredible.
0: That was the year that if I'm not mistaken, we, uh, the Cherokee beat the New York apple Corps. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, that I, I, I believe it was Adam Pobiak. I remember he had the big sideburn chops going back <laughs> because they were all the rage back then. Uh, Kobiak was the goaltender and played out of his mind. Of course, you got yeah. to remember, he was also the same guy that didn't wash his hair because of a uh, winning streak. Uh, <laughs> Goalies. We won't yeah, tell
1: ya. Well, that was the year we had to win Gold Cup, too, because that was the first time they didn't allow an automatic entry into the uh, national championship. And we had to win Gold Cup, and I think we did it in, like, double overtime.
0: Yes. Oh, right. man.
1: It was that such was a, a com- competitive competitive group of guys like we just found ways to win
0: now i you know it was hard because you know i mean back then it was different i mean you didn't have as many teams as you do now you don't have uh i mean people looked at junior b like oh my gosh it's junior b when in reality i think you could take the players all the players at their age back then and put them up against anybody in the North American hockey league, which is tier two. And it, they'd be pretty much on par. I mean, I'm oh, yeah. really 98
1: they, team. I mean, we were, I mean, what did we lose three games that year?
0: All, the whole, that was it three games. And you tied several, <laughs> we tied a bunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a few. But, uh, uh, the thing is though, is that man, you guys, uh, that was just a really, uh, a uh, tough team. It wasn't just all, you know, it wasn't a, a a escapades. It was I mean that team was gritty and tough in addition to being skilled. I mean yeah, you had guys up front that could light it up like uh, Neil Price of oh, course, yeah. you know, side by JB. side with JB Justin, yeah, Justin Benjamin, yep, uh Andy Lujovey, all those guys up front, you know, that could uh, that could contribute and of course even uh the, the guy who his name sounds like Oscar Meyer, uh <laughs> Mike <laughs> Kellamier. <Okay>. But, <laughs> 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 but <laughs> yeah, but uh, there were some, there were some interesting characters there. Mike Marchand, uh, I'm trying to think of who else, John Cleaver, Matt Cini, Uh just a lot of, a lot of names there that bring back a lot of memories, you know, and they all, it wasn't like they were all the same type of player either. They all kind of had a, their part that they fit into a puzzle really nice.
1: Well, I think that's, that's what searing and Omi and Zion did. And, and I've never been a part of such a great coaching staff. I, I, well, a lot of my success in business to, you know, what they instilled in us. And um, they did a great job putting us in our roles. I mean, I was fortunate to be the captain of the team yet. I mean, I had three goals in three years and uh, I think what I did do was I made everybody else around me better. And uh, they just did it, such a good job of helping us um, figure out what our role was and and how to show up.
0: You know, it's, and that's probably the biggest key of it. Cause I remember, and I'll never forget it, we were broadcasting the game actually on the radio, uh, the sports station here in Toledo, and I remember, talk about showing up, uh, I think it was Andy Luhovey had just lost his dad like the day before, oh, yeah. And, and that was a really rough blow, and yet he still showed up and was in the lineup, I mean, you talk about showing up, that's something I will never, ever forget. you know, that guy he just was, you know, I mean, that just speaks a lot about his character, you know, that he wanted to still do do what he had to do as far as trying to get a W. And uh, you know, just I remember from that team, a lot of those guys, uh, it was and I, you know what I also remember. I think you did a television interview, didn't you, where you were t- we were talking about the Cherokee going to nationals out in California and you called it a brother they were brothers and sometimes brothers fight and sometimes you know <laughs> brothers do they but they stick together you know and it, you you know you were right and i remember i remember that it was uh from one of the local news stations and it was uh it was something man that team was really really special in 98 but i want to talk about the other two years first before we get to 98 um, you, that first year you went in as a rookie uh, yep But uh, what was what was the I take it it was baptism by fire?
1: Well, yeah, it was interesting because the year before that was my I played high school hockey my whole career because, you know, we didn't have a lot of financial resources. And so my senior year, my parents um, made some sacrifices and I played AAA and there's a guy on the team named Dave Arndt and Dave switched from our team in West Michigan and went to Fort Wayne. So he was like my arch nemesis. Well, when I got to Toledo, he was on the team and all I wanted to do was fight him. Like, I could not stand the kid, and we yeah. ended up being best friends. I mean, we were inseparable, and Corey Manny was there. We went down to spring break in my Jeep Wrangler afterwards, and um, it's just interesting how how it is a brotherhood, even though you might fight on the ice or you be on different teams. At the end of the day, when you meet somebody and, you know, you say, hey, I play juniors, it's like you have an instant connection because you know what it takes Uh, Most of us were missing something. I was missing size and probably some skill, but I made up in heart. But most of the guys at our level, we were missing something, but we made up for it um, by extra hard work or, um, you know, attitude. And it it was just a fun level to play at.
0: Well, you know, and that was something I think a lot of coaches look for. You know, you can have all the skill in the world, but if you're not willing to put in the work, you know, it isn't going to work. So, you know, I think that, you know, that's probably a part of it. But and that's the one thing you talk about the coaching staff there with uh, Searing and Omi and, and Zion, uh, those guys expected you guys to work. And, oh yeah, <laughs> they'd
1: yeah. be they'd be in jail nowadays with the standards. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I say that lovingly. Like they, I remember Zion having Zion taking us having like personality tests. So like they knew which buttons to push. And I remember my parents showing up for a game and and my name wasn't on the list. And I was kind of like bleep. And, and it was exactly what I needed to, because I, maybe I was slacking off or whatever, but my parents drove down for the game and I wasn't even dressing. And, and it was just the kick in the pants that I needed to take it to the next level. And they were always playing mind games with us like that. And, and it worked. They were masterful at it.
0: I mean, that's see, to me, that's what made it work was, you know, it wasn't just one. I mean, obviously it starts with Scott because he's the head coach, but it took the other pieces in there to, to make that chemistry work, you know, oh, in yeah. addition, you know, and Scott would say, if he was here right now, he'd say the same thing. You know, it's just, it was a chemistry that worked brilliantly, you know, with, between him and Omi and, and Bob Zion. And I, you know, I still think about, uh, about, the about back then too. I, my other question for you is, you know, did you have to do all the rookie stuff? Did you have to, uh you know whether it was leaners or whatever you know did you guys have to do any of that stuff go through any of that stuff when you were being uh <laughs> shall i say indoctrinated in your rookie season
1: you know it's interesting so i played a short stint out in billings um right after my first year in toledo and and uh we went in a tournament i i did the hot box and i had to push a quarter up the the bus with my nose and then the next day i go to the rink and all my stuff is in a box and they had traded me <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so it was funny. I asked for my release to go back to Toledo, and in um, Toledo wasn't too bad. I think they shaved her head, and and we had to do some other things that, since this is a family show, I won't go into. But um, <laughs> it, it it was all good fun. You know, it was it was all part of uh, bringing the guys together. And um, I don't think it ever crossed the line. I remember you you mentioned Lahovi. I'm pretty sure we cornered Lahovi in the locker room. And I think he got stitches when he was shaved his head, because he really, uh, yeah. And I could be wrong, but yeah, he didn't want it done, and and we just said, son, it's happening. And it <laughs> was, it, it was uh, yeah, you know, it was all good fun. It, it brings the boys together, and I didn't even know what leaners was until I started listening to your podcast. So that goes to show you how old we were. I mean, we had to drive to games, Mick. Yeah, I mean, that's
0: true. I found that out through Kellameyer. You guys did not have you guys did not bus to games. No. You guys, no. Yeah, you guys actually drove and you know what was really weird is even after they mandated that, you know, teams had to bus to in the league had to bus to uh, road games. There uh, a couple of teams up in Michigan, I won't mention any that rhyme with hint. Anyway, uh <laughs> they uh they would still drive or or you know, um, the Metro Airport team. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 they would drive their they would drive their uh their vehicles and would all drive down to Toledo to play. They okay. would not they would not bus, And I was laughing thinking about that because it's like my gosh, in today's world, my gosh, those guys would be like they'd be read the riot act thrown out of the league or something. <laughs> that, it was just nuts. It was different
1: times back then.
0: Oh yeah. Do you As remember we,
1: uh, we, so when we played at Tamo for the championship, there was a team that we played and they were all wearing no shields or half shields and they were bigger, badder, meaner, and tougher.
0: Minnesota. And,
1: and, and Syrian goes first period. And again, my words, do whatever you got to do, cut them, stick them, get them so agitated. At you. And we had them so far off their game that all they wanted to do was take our heads off. And I'm pretty sure that's the only way we could beat them.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think wasn't it wasn't at the like Minnesota, I think either Flying Aces or something like that. Oh, they were so big. They were so big. Yeah. I know <laughs> that there was the, they had a couple of teams there for Minnesota. It was the Owls, I think. They had the Lakers who we ended up losing to in the championship game. And then if I'm not mistaken, didn't they, I think it was the Flying Aces. It was somebody with all, all the, all the players had like bleach blonde hair. Yeah yep they were all like nineteen, eighteen, nineteen 18 19 years old so they had half shields and uh they all bleached their hair blonde uh, <laughs> things we do when we're young i'm pretty you know? sure that's why i'm going bald now <laughs> yeah uh, well you know what hey, it happens to the best of us so don't worry uh but uh i you know i just remember too that uh oh gosh what did we oh man oh, I, the my this was my introduction to uh basically pulling a a, a, a rib on somebody uh, it, it, the first game that i uh, I was broadcasting i did i was also doing the music for because okay. they needed, they needed somebody to help in the press box, so I was doing the play by play I was doing p a announcing, and I was doing the music so <laughs> uh, it it was New Mexico because I remember they had that big kid, Mike Wolf. Yeah, Uh, yeah, like that guy was like six, seven or something like that. Anyway, (laughs) he uh, he was a defenseman for New Mexico. And I remember when they came out, it was Ventura and and those guys in New Mexico. They were playing each other. And the guys, the guys from uh, I think it was from Ventura. uh, One of the guys had uh, come up or one of the guys that didn't dress came up and he said, hey, do me a favor. And he gave me a CD to play and it was a cd of like christmas favorites by some mormon uh, tabernacle choir and it was like real heavy organ serious stuff and so when when i think when new mexico hit the ice they uh, they're playing they're playing this like you know deep heavy slow organ and it's you know, duh, 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 you know? and then you hear this this choir singing this opera choir singing and was, and everyone's looking up at the press box. And, and I like oh.
1: well, What is this
0: guy? <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, yeah. that stint he had over there at the disco didn't work out, I see. Anyhow. <laughs> uh, so, he, we, uh, so we ended up, uh, then when Ventura came out, uh, it was like, you know, something more contemporary and, you know, up-tempo and all that stuff. I mean, to give you an idea, this was back when, I mean, the original first Jock Jams was just coming out.
1: Oh, yeah. CDs were an upgrade because you didn't have to rewind the cassette tape. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. So we did all of that when we were uh, when, at that first time when we had nationals at Tamil O'Shanner. And then, of course, you know, I mean, all, all the little piddly crap that everyone would do and start to try to gain an edge and things like that. That's what I remember a lot, too. Now, when you went into your second year, that year that we finished runner up, uh, did you see uh, your role change at all? I mean, did your role change from being just a rookie to maybe being a vet or being uh, a leader on the team?
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't say I was quite a leader yet. Uh, I went from being, you know, dressing two out of three games to the second year. I came back a little late because I started the season in Billings, and then I came back and joined the team. And I was i am pretty confident I was a top four defenseman. Reniger and I played pretty much most of the year together. And so we saw a lot of ice time, penalty kill. Um, I was one of the top on the team in plus minus. It's the only stat that I let in. <laughs> um, it sure wasn't scoring. Um, okay. but, but, yeah, I was definitely a role player, and um, I'd chip the puck out and keep him from scoring. Nothing, AV defenseman.
0: Well, that's all right. Now, uh, here's the question. You say you didn't score a lot. Do you remember your uh, your first goal?
1: Oh, absolutely. I could I could tell you exactly where I was on the ice and and like I I almost teed it up like a golf, like a golf club and and I shelved it. And the celebration was one to be had for memories. And, uh, yeah, I could tell you all three of my goals in juniors and probably (laughs) all five of my practice goals, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, practice goals. (gasps) I I understand. (laughs) <laughs> when you don't get many, you remember what you got.
1: So wow.
0: now uh, you played with Reniger, uh the first two years. Who did you play with uh, in the third year?
1: Um, remember Psycho, Andy Thiessen? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 Andy
0: Thiessen.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were defensive partners. I, I'm pretty sure, you know, Mick, I think I had – and this is no joke. Probably six to eight concussions that last year, uh, and back then, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know, but stuff was starting to come out on what um, what the repercussions were. And it, mm-hmm. you mentioned it a little bit at the beginning that the first game of Nationals, I got knocked out. Um, I mean, this guy—I remember watching him. I thought, man, don't get hit by that guy. And this guy hit me. I was Marshawn, I think, was coming across, and I held the puck to give him a better pass. Mm-hmm. And the guy lit me up and, and and I went back to the bench and tried going back out and tried skating around. And, you know, I remember um, when the doctors told me I couldn't play and my parents and we all made that decision, um, I think it was Kallemeyer, one of the guys, they hung my jersey up and, and, um, and they said, hey, you got us here. Um, we'll take it from here. And they all hit it going out. And to be... You know, eighteen, nineteen years old, and and everything you worked for for basically your whole hockey career, and and it's something you can't see as a head injury, and and you know you wonder if you're making the right choice, and um, it's probably one of the toughest choices I've ever had to make, not playing because um, you know at nineteen, on you know at the point you're thinking you're in. in invincible Invincible. Yep. yeah so you know even though we won the championship getting it in street clothes it was probably the best thing to happen to me because as soon as we won i couldn't wait to get home and searing doesn't remember this and 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 i remember it putting the bag on my shoulder and searing who truly is but was a great coach you know sometimes we say things that that strike people the wrong way and i put my bag on my shoulder and he goes i guess you didn't need that and, it, and we've had conversations about it since then. And and he didn't mean it that way, but it was what I needed to move on. And so as soon as I got back home, I drove home. And that's when um, I started buying investment properties. And so instantly I turned off the hockey light switch and and I went into the work world. So it was a it was a weird transition. It was like I went from hockey being my whole life to Um, buy rental properties and i mean we had 42 properties by the time i was
0: 22 wow so you know when you when so i mean what inside of you was the thing that allowed you to to shut off hockey i mean that has to be really a hard thing to do when that i mean not only never mind the fact that you just won a national championship but the idea of maybe doing if you ever had any thought of doing anything else with your hockey career. Well, man,
1: um, let, let's face it. I was 150 pounds soaking wet and a tough guy. So <laughs> I knew I, <laughs> I had already um, outpunted my coverage when it came to what my hockey level was. And, you know, it was just a decision. I knew that I, I kind of hit the peak of my playing career and I went out on top. But it's funny, you know, most everything I've done, I've done with an asterisk. Like I, I did an Ironman and the swim was canceled. So I have an asterisk where, yes, I did an Ironman, <laughs> but I didn't do the swim and I sure as heck wasn't going to try to go do all that again. I mean, that was hell. I can—is yep. that a swear word? No. I'm trying to have you not. And have so, no. you know, like a lot of things that I've done in life, I've been just good enough to get in the room, and then I figure out how to work my butt off to um, to to make an impact. And you know, I think that's what sports taught me was if you can figure out how to get in the room, just work. That's that's the formula to figure it out.
0: You know, so uh, so I mean, you make the transition. Um, did you ever come across times where you missed playing?
1: Um, you know, not really, even, even I stopped, I stopped playing for a while. I coached for a little bit, but, um, like I was pretty competitive. So like even playing senior league, a guy would stick me and I mean, it was nothing to drop the mitts and I'm so overdue for a whooping that I had to take a step back. And, um, you know, I realized that, um, I, I think I do a well- one thing my parents taught me was how to make decisions versus decisions are made for you. So I've always been able to just make a decision. Like I, most people wouldn't leave their senior year when they're going to be the stud and go play triple a where you're barely on the team. And so I always like figuring out how to get to a certain level and then moving on to the next level. And so I never like to overstay my welcome. If that makes sense. I like to figure it out and then, and then keep going.
0: Hmm. So I don't so, know if that
1: answers your question or not.
0: Eh, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, <clears throat> so let's talk about some of the fun stuff you did back then. Uh, who were the, who were back in, in your first season, first two seasons, who were some of the guys that uh, you saw as, uh, boy, they, they're crazy. And so with some of the, with some of the stunts that <laughs> they pulled.
1: And me. <laughs> <laughs> Mick, I, I mean, I I was fortunate enough. I lived with um, um, Omi's parents and just super good people. And and Jen Omi um, lived there, and 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 we just had a blast. I mean, they did such a good job of giving us enough rope where we could have fun and be teenagers, and and yet they reined us in enough. Um, and and you know, we we would go out there as I mean, we just had a lot of fun. And Mick, I mean, times were different back then.
0: Yeah. They were. Um, we
1: know that and 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 i mean frankly we, we did some we did some dumb stuff but we had a blast i mean i, I you,
0: did you ever hear about the dollar trick uh no i i actually i think i did if you tell it and i'll know
1: so basically we you'd see a girl at the bar and you'd go up and say hey i bet you a dollar i can kiss you without touching you and sometimes we do it to girls that had boyfriends when we were like hey you know you're not going to marry her just back off and they'd get tough and we're like, Hey, we got a whole hockey team here. We all like to fight. So, you, you know, whatever you got to do, do, but we're doing it. So you'd get like really close to her and you say, well, you know, whatever you want to do, don't kiss me. And then you kiss her. And sometimes she started kissing you back. And then the boyfriends, they're all mad. And I mean, it was just a debacle yet. I mean, you get 20 hockey guys at a bar or at a party. And I mean, we're just looking for, we're just sure. looking for trouble. And it, that's why when I say I'm overdue, like I so deserved just to have been knocked out a few times. And, you know, I, I think it was, we were all, always trying to one-up each other. And, I mean, it was just ridiculous. But it was it was fun.
0: Look, uh Kellermeyer talked about in his podcast about some of the craziness that you guys used to do when uh, you were in the apartment. <laughs> now, you realize that was the only year that, the, I believe, that the Cherokee had uh, the vets like that in the apartment. And it stopped after that year because of all the... I, I think you guys blazed quite a trail. Let's just that way.
1: <laughs> we, uh, you know, I, it was such a good time. though. But I mean, it was such a bonding thing. And, you know, the, the funny thing is they all called me dad because I was the responsible one. Yeah. And uh, I it was just fun. I mean, we had five guys in a three bedroom apartment. And and when you look back at some of the best times of my life, I mean, we cooked dinner together. We would, um, you know, play board games. And I just tell them I found out in the podcast they would always cheat. And, yeah. and, and <laughs> um, it was just, it was something special.
0: Yep. And well, of course, he also talked about uh, Mrs. Jepsen uh, with the uh, pineapple chicken. So... You know,
1: and I never not got to go because, you know, I had to pay, my, my parents helped out, but I would um, clean movie theaters at five o'clock in the morning, then go to the pro shop and work from nine till practice. And then I go to Chili's afterwards and, and work. And so I was working three jobs playing. And, and I remember I was so poor that I would watch to see who wasn't disgusting. And if there's was builders, I would eat their food because it was it was either buy beer
0: or buy food.
1: And if I could eat it off people's plates, I was going to eat that, that and buy beer
0: later. <laughs> that may explain why you were 150 pounds soaking wet. But right? <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, we're, uh, we
1: were 21 back then, right, Mick?
0: <laughs> of course. All legal. Absolutely anyhow never mind the whole overage thing but uh, anyway uh <laughs> Delby, I, I i guess that uh who do who were the guys that you you remember looking up to in your first couple seasons though i mean as far as uh hey i could learn something from them or i could pick up a tip or two from watching them play
1: i uh, you know um i remember brandon rogers and johnny cotton and 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 um it was funny i remember we were at tryouts and we were all in the hot tub, and Kellemeyer was in there, and, and we were all rookies before we even made the team. And, and Kellemeyer comes in, and you, you see Kellemeyer. And yeah. and he's, the, we were like, Who are you playing for next year? he's like, The Cherokees. And we were all like, Who's this guy? <laughs> and it ended up being Kellemeyer. So, you know, a lot of the names run together. Um, you know, Reniger was one of them. I was on the ice with Reniger when uh, Levi Mahoney um, um, got paralyzed. And mm. and there's a certain sound that you'll never forget. And I remember Jason trying to stop him from going in the boards. Um, Jason was just such a gentle giant. Um, it was fun getting to play with him.
0: Yeah, you know, I he was probably the first guy I actually like became friends with on the team as a player because he was such a great kid. He was a, he was mature beyond his years.
1: Yeah, although way more you mature know, than us.
0: Yeah, Ben, and and he was, you know, just a a rock solid kid, you know, and yeah, never mind that when he hit you, he could deplete you from your your skates, but that was besides <laughs> the point. But uh, he could, you know, he he hit like a freight train. But I yeah, mean, he was had, still he was. We had some big boys, guys.
1: JD yeah. Ring and Brad
0: Coombe. and. Oh man, yeah. Oh, I I I JD man, that guy. I mean, we I saw him at the reunion a couple years back. And he's he's skinny as a rail now, yeah but, his head's but, still big yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's from all those fights, man that guy <laughs> I mean his fist back then was like bigger than my head, and I got a big old noggin, oh, but uh, he, I mean that guy was he was just a different a totally different level when it came to that stuff, man and he's probably a, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't he doesn't he sell cars?
1: I think so. Um, you know, I ran into it. The funny thing was I was in Vegas for work and him and Kellermeyer were out there and we got to watch uh, um, Vegas on opening night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I if you've never experienced a Vegas hockey game in Vegas, it, I mean, you would think that the fans there wouldn't be educated. It was one of the best environments for a hockey game I've ever been to.
0: It's phenomenal. Wow. Well, you got to remember, too, they had that team in the ECHL for all those years. So it's not, I mean, just because people think that, uh, you know, that it's minor league, you know, it's not the NHL. Well, you know what? It's still hockey. It ain't the, you know, it's still people understand the game because they follow, you know, through the ECHL team and they had a couple junior programs there and stuff. Uh, they still know, they understand the game. There's enough people out there that understand the game. And so, you know, I, I can appreciate that though. And, I just, I just remember J.D., though, man, coming in, and he forgot his skates, so he didn't play in the alumni game that weird.
1: Okay. And, uh,
0: so he I forgot his that.
1: skates. <laughs> yeah, I scored two clicks. goals in the alumni game, Nick. Yep. That I, was a, well, I almost matched my career total.
0: <laughs> in, one, in one afternoon. You know what the funny part is with that one, though? Uh, I watched a lot of those guys that played that game, that alumni game, the younger guys, the younger alumni, and then the old geezers, you know, like you and Kellen Meyer, Marshawn, Coombe, all those guys that came out. And it's like, you guys, I mean, and it tells you the difference. You guys have a better, I think, a better understanding of it because there weren't as many teams back then. So with a smaller number of teams, you had better players that were filtering down, Right. And so I mean the the I mean you look at a guy like Derek Stum, okay, he's not the he's not the tiniest guy around. Right. But by gosh, he, he could he, find a gnat. Oh man, like nobody's business. And he's still to this day. I watched I watched him at that at that thing and he made people, you know, the young kids that were playing against him look stupid. He <laughs> still he just has a great set of hands. And I was impressed and I'm like, that's the difference between you know the game now is still exciting to watch i still get jazzed about it and love it it's just to me that i think back then with fewer teams you had uh, some skilled guys that filtered down where now it's a little bit more watered down but it's it's also a testament to the fact that hockey is a much more popular sport now it isn't just a regional northern thing right. so you know so i can it's a two-way thing there but still the point is is that you older guys we're taught a certain way. And you still, some of those things that you can't, you either have it or you don't, you guys got it and still got it because even though you're at an advanced, uh, advanced age, you guys can still do things with the puck that some of these young kids should take a, take a note and pay attention to.
1: I just don't pay attention to me because all I did was work hard back
0: in the day. (laughs) It was funny because I'll be honest. uh, I remember walking into the ice house bar on uh, the day of the reunion and and the alumni, I walk in there and I see you from behind. And I'm like, that's not a player <laughs> Cause you're, I mean you' you're still still a slender guy you oh, know, a yeah. times, I mean, it's like my left leg weighs more than you do. okay <laughs> so that and that's a positive thing for you. Trust me.
1: It wasn't uh, during the playing days. I mean, that was the toughest thing was, oftentimes I try out for teams and I, and I, every trial I went to, I get in a fight with a veteran because it was a way to get noticed. Yeah. And uh, they were just concerned about my size and, and, but now it's a blessing. I mean, it's awesome being 150 pounds and, and, and,
0: and, and yeah. Not being, not being whaled out and hooked up to machines and everything <laughs> else. But uh, now I, you know, I just think about though, the fact that, you know obviously you did something right not just working hard but you did something right out on that ice because in that third year you were named captain yeah so you, you know did something right buddy
1: i i think i just made everybody around me better i mean in in you know when we look at the talent and leadership we had on that team there could have been you know a bunch of guys kelly meyer bricker there a bunch of us could have been wearing the sea and i i was just fortunate to do it and it truly was one of the big honors I look back on and what a humble experience to be able to, um, to, to lead the team there.
0: You know, and it's funny because uh, you can't, every, every player that I've talked to, not only on this thing, but even in the past, whether it's been, when we got together to watch the, well we sort of watched the national championship game uh, (laughs) earlier this year, uh, it was more us, you know, talking stuff, but it was like, almost every person that was in the, in that. And even when I'd run into people one-on-one, nobody ever really ever talked about me, 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 me. They always brought up other guys you know, on the team. And I think that's something that's, that, uh, that is different. I mean, when you have that, that's what, uh, that's, I think what breeds success is the fact that if you got that mindset you're talking you're not talking about yourself so much as you are about the people around you and i think that's something you see very much with uh, a lot of the older guys is that they and i think too it's just part of the fact that you know you don't think about it while you're playing you think right. about it when you're uh you think about it more after you've played you know you realize just how exciting and how much fun it was and what a what a great time and you know how fortunate you were to get to to play hockey, you know, at that a,
1: What a neat experience because I mean, those guys, I mean, I would have jumped in front of a bullet for, I mean, I I look at, you know, if you ran one of our guys, I mean, it was, I I looked at the willingness of everybody just to have each other's backs. And, and I mean, it, it, it's, when I come across people that have played juniors, you get a whole different connection with them just knowing what they went through.
0: Yeah. I agree with you there. Now, uh, did you? What were some of the crazy things you guys did? You talked about pushing a quarter up the bus. <laughs> How long did that take you to complete?
1: Well, uh, you know, my wife laughs because at the time I was naked while doing it, and they were all slapping my behind. And this was in Billings. <laughs> and the worst part was I got traded the next day. So, it, but um, yeah, and then I had to sing. I'm a little teapot up front on the microphone. So imagine the coach is there, and you're singing naked. I'm a little teapot, and I'm supposed to make them laugh. Um, Humiliating. And, uh, (laughs) I mean, could you imagine that happening nowadays, Mick?
0: Oh, my gosh. You would – oh, they'd have, like, uh, CSB coming after you. Oh, man. And
1: and at the time, I had a broken rib. So I I was playing out there with a broken rib and a broken hand, um, a boxer's stretcher from a a fight, and then I had to – drive home in my Jeep Wrangler soft top um, all the way home. And I went straight to Toledo and went back. And that's when we were runners up.
0: Wow, man, that's ouch. I'm hurting just thinking about that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I still can't get over that. You did all of that and you get traded the next day. Isn't, yeah. that, well, isn't and that, that
1: swell? Well, yeah, I say traded it. the, the, the bl- the head coach didn't like me. The assistant coach really liked me because he saw the grid I had and try out um, through some summer camps. And um, he traded me to his son's team and you know, it was great falls. And I think their shortest bus trip was like 12 hours. And I, I said, oh Hey, I, I get, you're probably thinking you're doing me a favor yet. Yeah, can I just get my release and go back to Toledo? And truly, I, I thought I'd play one more year and be done. And then when you get that close to winning a championship um, we came back. And the cool thing about our 97, 98 team was, we only had one goal and it was clear it was to win a national championship. And I mean, it, it was simple and, and it was one mission, every practice. It's like, Hey, we, we got to do this.
0: Wow. Now, when you can, when you come back there in 98, uh, who were, uh, do you remember most of the guys that came back from the runner up team?
1: You know what, um, Mick? I, I think be it's like Lahovi,
0: you Kellemeyer know, um, Coom, to Coom. Uh, um
1: Gary Thomas oh yeah Nick.
0: number 11
1: I think Nick Neichen was um yep. coming back yep. um, we had Stummer
0: yep
1: um Chotlos <laughs>
0: <laughs> now that was that guy was a piece of work did they tell <laughs> the
1: story that we we um I think it, did Kelmar tell the story when we taught him um buckets off Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we, we were that poor kid. We, all we did was teach him, like we teach him pickup lines to go um, talk to girls. And you can imagine the, the things yeah. of his anatomy that we tell him to say. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: of course, yeah, it probably, probably got him into more trouble than he, than oh. uh, but uh, now, I mean, cause I remember even when we, when, when the uh, team won the national championship, after I signed off on the radio broadcast, I went down I finally got to go downstairs and I went into the locker room and Ference is, is standing there screaming, you know, yeah, and he's like <laughs> trying to yell and celebrate and he's yelling and all he's doing is he's standing there right next to Scott Williamson and all he's doing is yelling cuss words, right? <laughs> From, <laughs> that's all I knew. <laughs> yeah, that's cause that's all anyone ever taught him. So it's like it was the Funniest thing: listening to him say all these cuss words. Williams is laughing hysterically because he's like, "Man, France, your English is getting so much better." <laughs> and, 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 and Mrs. and Mrs. Reniger's right there, <laughs> and I'm sitting there uh, going, "Oh my gosh!" You know, because I don't—he didn't see her though. But I mean, it was like I am just like cringing, and you know, it was still funny though, man, because I knew everybody on the team was teaching him English. Or at uh, least their version of it. <laughs> that uh, made me really,
1: Kurt was on that team, and Jimmy. Uh, yep. and, and Jepson, I mean, I was the captain of the team. Yet the reality was, was I didn't even know if I was dressed. And our decor was so strong that I mean, we were we were deep, and I mean, the the guys that we had were just. Um, phenomenal
0: yeah i mean yeah you're right rob kurt scott williamson of course they were a pair Uh, yeah and then you know you had jeppy and all those guys i mean it was just so much it was just so stacked
1: you know we talk
0: about yeah it was very deep uh i mean you had guys that were uh part of that team that you know people don't think about you know matt Cini. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Marchand, Zach Tortorella. Oh,
1: know? Zach, yeah.
0: Yep, you know, it's like some of those guys. Now, I, and of course, the goaltending, you had Ron Wheatman and Sam Horton. Yeah. So, yeah, I, see, I, I'm starting to remember some of this stuff.
1: That's impressive. It,
0: it's hard, you know, but yeah, all these years later, you know, you sit there and you think, man, this is, you know, but it it is. I mean, it's special, though. I mean, it's a, it's the bond we have you know, is that 98 team, obviously. But I think, too, in, in matter of fact, you know, like you said, with the whole junior thing, you know, that's just an ice automatic icebreaker for people as far as, you know, it's something they can bond over uh, even years later. Um, now, do you run into uh, any of the guys that you used to play against? Have you ever come across any of them in later years?
1: Um, I haven't. You know, um, Paul Picard, I, I don't know if you know Pick. He yep he's been a, um, an icon in the junior hockey ranks. Um, him and I have connected a few times, but, um, you know, I, I really don't. I mean, I, I thought I couldn't wait till my kids could put on skates and, and, you know, I got a gymnast, I got an actor. Um, none of my kids really play sports. It's fascinating to me, but, um, all I want them to be is happy. I mean, being a dad is such an awesome gift and, and, uh, it's,
0: it's been really rewarding. And, well, that and the fact that you also outkicked your coverage, and, right? And did, yeah, you know, so that that also helps. So, <laughs> so, how did that happen? How did you meet Sarah?
1: You know, it was interesting. It was um, I ended up going bankrupt. I had a commercial, um, I just had a house of cards. Um, I wasn't mature enough to handle that much uh, rental property, and and I met somebody that I took a business class with, and and they said you get I got the perfect girl for you, and so I called her up, and and at the very first phone call um, I knew I wanted to marry her. So I was, I was dating another, I wouldn't say dating another gal. Um, friend, i a friend. I had another gal that I was seeing at the time. And I called her up and I said, I can't see anymore. She's like, what are you talking about? I said, I met the girl that I'm going to marry. And she goes, what are you talking about? I just saw you. And I said, well, I haven't met her yet. I talked to her on the phone and, and we were married, I think, um, something like 13 or 14 months later. Wow. And we've been married 16 years. We have a kid and one of our kids had open heart surgery at six days old. Wow. And and so when you look at perspective, having gone bankrupt and, and having a kid go through open heart surgery, um, been through a lot of lessons in life. And, and, you know, sports, they teach you how to lose and how to get back up. And, um, you know, I, I just I've been truly blessed with with the life that we have.
0: Hey, no question about it. So, you know, uh, do you ever find yourself now? Do you ever find yourself uh, itching to want to get back into hockey i mean you play you waste them up for one time for, for a yeah. night game uh did you, so I, did you I play in the, the over tri-
1: 30 league now
0: oh okay
1: but, yeah I'm, I'm back at it in, in fact we're two-time defending senior league champions and oh not that we're bragging or anything oh no and i scored a hat trick and that a natural hattie and and i celebrated <laughs> like they were so mad at me i was like guys I scored three years and three years of juniors. I just scored three goals in a game. I don't care if it's senior league. I'm going to celebrate and I'm going to call my mom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. We got a good
1: group of guys, though. Like, um, I've I've been pretty lucky to play with a great group of guys in senior league, and we got attorneys and um, financial advisors, and and it's it's um, it's just a neat group.
0: So g- give me some good stories uh, about some of the crazy stuff that went on off the ice uh, between you and Kellemeyer, Nikki Daichin, <laughs> whatever. I mean, so Daichin could be the story of a podcast where we don't even have to have Nikki on it. You know? So <laughs>
1: here, here's one I think tame enough. So you know we used to go to Windsor, and okay. um, um, Gary Thomas, we were, we were driving up and, and I said, hey Gary, can I punch you?
0: Oh, wow, yeah.
1: And and, and, and he goes, yeah, and, and I hit him. And I didn't mean to hit him as hard as I did, but I hit him hard. And, and he goes, oh, my turn. I was like, no, dude, I'll hit myself. And I think I was in my high school classroom for some unforgotten reason. And I go, no, I hit myself. And I hit myself and I gave myself a shiner and like split it open. So oh, um, we go to practice the next day and Omi goes, "Avink, what happened? I said, Thomas hit me. And he looked at Thomas and there, there was nothing wrong with Gary. He goes, no, he didn't. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And, and, and I'd love to tell you more yet. Um, oh man, Callie, we, we got a, we, we got a, we got a group of us not too long ago during COVID where we were playing Texas Hold'em
0: and okay. we talked
1: about um, some of the non PG related stories and good God the memory that Calla and, and those guys have, um, um, Bricker and, and, in and the stories. And, and at the end of the day, we were just young kids trying to figure out how to become adults and find our way in the world. And, and, you know, I was flirting with girls and it, but it was more about, I think the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was just neat. I remember we called into the Jerry, the, the Jerry Springer show, tried getting on there.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: We 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 applied to be a um um a reality TV show because that's when those were just starting. Could you imagine if the the apartment would have been a reality TV show?
0: Uh it wouldn't have been able to be on broadcast television from what I understand.
1: Oh god. There's there's one story I I, I can't tell you. I could tell you off the air yet. The guys played a pretty good joke on me and um um let, let Paraphrase.
0: Paraphrase.
1: <laughs> um, they pretended somebody was pregnant. Oh no! Oh god! It was it was it was awful. I mean, they and and I won't tell you details about the story, but it involved Brickard, and and it was um, yeah, it was a mean, horrible joke.
0: Ouch! Yeah. Ouch! Did, uh, so when did they? How long did they let it go for before they uh, clued you in on it?
1: just about two or three minutes yet. It seemed like forever. Cause I mean, you know, I was 18 years old and I mean, it would have changed my whole world. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was, um, you know, I'm actually glad it happened because, you know, back then, back then, you know, um, back then I thought it was cool to like get the girl and stuff. And, and I couldn't figure out why I was m- kind of miserable and disgusted with myself when that stuff would happen. And I, you know, I thought, is there something wrong with me? And, and the reality was, was um, it wasn't me. Like, I, I think we, we got to experiment with a lot of who we wanted to be. And, you know, if you met me now, a lot of the guys would be like, like, who are you? And and I found my real self. And that's one thing I love about my wife is she helped me discover who who I really am as a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back then I was a womanizer and and, and I look back and, and, you know, pretty disappointed in my actions. But um, I was trying to figure out who I was.
0: And it's part of the process. You know, you make dumb decisions, you make mistakes. Yeah. And we all do that, though. You know, that's not that's not exclusive to 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 Hank Avink or to the, any guy that plays hockey. You know, that's all of us. So, well, in, you know,
1: in testament to Searing, it, you know, Searing was such a great head coach. And, and Omi and, and Zion, they did such a great job of helping us become young men and made it more than just about hockey. Um, and I'll be forever grateful for, you know, Searing had, I think he had triplets that year. I mean, yep. he still showed up and, and was a phenomenal coach for us. And, and um, you know, just a lot of gratitude because they made a lot of sacrifices to do what they did for us. And, you know, yeah.
0: Nothing wrong with that. Now, who was probably of the bunch in the apartment? Who was the mouthiest and who was the probably the, uh, the loudest and the uh, most uh, talk? I wouldn't say talkative, but uh, they just like were the loud mouth of the bunch. Sober or, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, Calmeyer and, oh, and Deitchin were always getting us in, you know, some sort of, because like they do stupid stuff, but like we'd have to have their back. So, you know, Gary and Coop would go back in the room and that's when dial up internet was on. So, oh, you know, it was, it was usually Calmeyer and Deitchin going back and forth, but um, I found out that I can't drink whiskey. So I was either really funny or just a complete moron. I mean, we all did our our. Uh, we all had our DNA in getting ourselves in spots that I'm not sure how we got out of.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Callumire told me the story about uh, you guys going into a bar, and running into Omi's sister.
1: Okay. Yep. What? Yep. That was an expensive night. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what I wanted to know. How expensive was that? Uh, tell the story from your perspective. Kellermeyer told me his version. I want to hear your version, see how close they correlate.
1: Well, Mick, you got to remember, I lived with her my first year. So, yeah. uh, you know, and, and,
0: and
1: I, Mick, I don't have the memory these guys have. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how they remember the stories. I just remember we would we would go to the club and and. It was interesting. We just thought like we were the king of the towns, <laughs> and it's so comical looking back because, I mean, we'd have three, four hundred people in our games, I think, and uh, yeah, it was just such a neat experience.
0: But uh, I remember Kellen Meyer saying that uh, that he they ran into her and her then boyfriend, I think is now her husband, yeah, uh, and uh, said that uh, to basically keep her quiet. they were that you guys had to buy their drinks the rest of the night yeah so it's uh so so working three jobs probably came in handy that night i would think
1: (laughs) oh yeah thankfully back then they had like dollar beers and and uh um yeah it it was it was a good time i i look back on how much money i probably spent on alcohol over all those years i could have probably paid for my house
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that's funny but uh you know now I mean, tell me about Nicky Diachen because that guy was always, um, he, he, I when I, I never got to see him that much outside of the rink. So okay. you know, I always heard stories. I always heard stories, but I never got to spend a lot of time with him outside of the rink or anything like that. And I didn't with every any of the guys too much, but because uh, back then, you know, I was in I was older than you guys by <laughs> a considerable amount, and you know, you guys were only you know 18 19 20 years old so i'm just you know
1: all right i got one for you okay i had brought a date back and um we went back to the apartment and and nick runs out and he goes dad 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 and he goes can you tell me what time it is and he used to like to play puppetry of um (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so Uh, Yeah, imagine sitting there as a date, and your roommate comes out, and and he's wearing it as a wristwatch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! (coughs) I mean, that was Nick. I mean, (laughs) oh my god! I'm not sure if you're going to need to edit that out, but I mean, you
0: kept kept it above board. Oh my gosh! Are you kidding me?
1: Monkey brains, or
0: (laughs) oh my gosh, that is hilarious. And he used to do that all that yeah, that sounds like a Nikki Dytchen story because a lot <laughs> of the other stories I heard about him, they kind of fit in that same vein. <laughs> oh, same vein. Okay. My Freudian slip there. But uh, anyway. <laughs> My um, cheeks
1: are hurting, Meg. Good lord! Oh
0: hard. my gosh, that is too funny. Now uh when you you know, when you guys would play and stuff, uh and especially if I remember correctly, on the weekends, uh what that first i'm trying to think that second year was that second year did we have um did you guys ever play home games on the second sheet of ice or was that just exclusively the the rink number one
1: it it was rink number one the only time that we played in the second sheet was uh during nationals yep um that's the only time we played over there
0: okay i'm just trying to remember because i remember a couple of funny stories uh back then but uh, it may have been a, a later team so i just i was just trying to piece it together. But, uh, you know, some of those guys that I remember too, some of the, uh, you know, the reason I got started with them was because uh, Rich Osterhout uh, works at the, or the same place I work. So he would uh, he would tell me about the Cherokee and stuff. And I said, well, hey, I, you know, I, went, I can do play by play, blah, blah, blah. And so I go over there and I'm, I'm standing there next, next to Dr. McCarthy. Yeah, and McCarthy was doing it, and but his problem was he would always do the start doing play-by-play. Play. But then if something happened, like if a, <laughs> you know, a bad call or something, he'd start yelling at the referees and stuff. He'd start chirping them and saying some things he wasn't supposed to into the microphone. So I mean, it was funnier. So I offered to do him, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. But he was he was a piece of work, man. That, that guy. But uh, you know, I. Tell me about some of the guys that you were, I mean, obviously you talked about Chuck LeMay. What was it like uh, being around that guy and what did he bring to the team?
1: Yeah, Chuck, you know, uh, you look at Chuck and, and the Renegers and Doc McCarthy and I mean, to have an organization that was, um, they were just selfless. I mean, they, they did so much for us. Um, you know, looking back, knowing what I know now um, the financial investment that they did to run the team. And, they were always there, and and um, you know they were the heartbeat of the organization. I mean, if if you look at how much they did to um, to support us as young men, it's um, I mean, I, I remember I saw Chuck at almost every tryout I went to, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's just a pretty special group of people. I mean, the hockey community is just awesome. Um, Mick, I don't know if if you knew this, but I I was a referee for about thirty
0: days really No, yeah. so i did not know this
1: i i tell you what i wish i would have refed um um earlier in my career because it gives you such a different perspective and i refed the referees one game when i was sick as a dog and and they were just brutal to me and i i came in and i handed them my whistle and i said i'm done um so do this for me if you still play think twice before you yell, yell at the refs because uh you might want to grab a whistle. It's a lot tougher than it looks.
0: <laughs> oh, no question about it. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you know, that's funny. Thirty days. Hey, yeah, that's more than some. <laughs> that's more than some. I know. I've got a couple of them that are that played for the Cherokee that I'm going to be having coming in future podcasts here real soon. That are, are now, Adam yeah, Adam Fish should be a good one. one. Yep, Adam Fish. He's still yeah. Uh, i was trying to think here. Adam Fish and I know coming up real soon I'm gonna be having a guy that played just after uh your your time there, a guy by the name of Chris Hoy. Uh he played for a little while with the Cherokee, but then he went on and he's now still is a, a referee. Oh neat. Been, he's yeah, he's been roughing now for quite some time and is, is, is uh pretty solid. So uh it's uh it's it's I wanna get his perspective too. As a matter of fact, I think he'll be coming up here in the next week or two. So anyway. Uh, but um, before we go, uh, tell me now, let's see, what were the, who was the team, who was the team that you followed the most and who was the players that you followed the most when you were growing up?
1: Um, I was a Red Wings fan. And, and so, and also uh, the K-Wings, I, how I got into hockey was um, there was a family that had season tickets to the K-Wings in Michigan. And there was a, there's a guy by the name of Kevin Evans. And I mean, mm-hmm. that dude fought probably a hundred times a year and um, um they used to take me to the games and and you know hockey was pretty expensive and, and we were a small business in a small town and and i i got started late and um they used to call me crazy john because i used to just go crazy when the fights happened and wow. uh, so so watching the k-wings and the red wings and you know back then the red wings were um um in their dynasty um yeah and I believe that the Red Wings Avalanche fight was when Bobby Hall was in town. Because I, I'm pretty sure if memory serves me, I had tickets to that game and couldn't go because of the
0: banquet. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, you talking about the one where the goalies fought? Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to think. No, that came later. Did it? That, because I was at the banquet. I was at the banquet when Bobby Hall was there. We were okay. It was at the pinnacle. And uh I'm trying to think of uh, I know I
1: had tickets to that game, and for some reason I couldn't go and and this is a challenge sometimes we think our memories are our memories, but um uh what, you know, to this day, I still watch that game, and it brings me back to like the junior days when I watch you know wa fight and and I mean, what a great time that was for hockey,
0: yeah, an old girlfriend of mine that was her very first hockey game. She was kind of interested in the sport, but had never been. Oh, so wow. That was her first game at the Joe and completely flipped out completely. She became a hockey fan instantly. Yeah. Like, I mean, um, how do
1: you ever how do you ever like top come it. close to You can't.
0: <laughs> no. I mean, may- maybe winning a Stanley Cup, that-, that probably would be it. But even right. then, you can't top you can't top when they did that because the whole backstory, you know, of the year before, yep. that's what that's what makes it so sweet. So well,
1: Mick, I'll have to send you a picture. My dad and I went to the parade and I've got a picture of me in the fountain with my shirt all going like this with a police <laughs> officer pointing at me saying, get down. And I jumped out and I, I, my dad didn't see it. I'm like, run. He's like, why? I go, the cops are after me. He goes, oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Blank>. <laughs> that's funny. Oh man, but I, bah. I, I tell you what though, that's what makes great memories though, are those crazy impulsive moments and stuff. Right. Uh, now, before we get done here, uh, I always ask people, if you have any questions for me, feel free to ask at any time. I uh, do.
1: I do. Well, and, um, I well and, and some of the guys and I were talking, I'd like to give credit to um, Stum and Kalameyer for for bringing this up. Yet, um, we'd like to know your ring size. Because we heard a rumor that you don't have one of these, and uh, we would like to get oh, you dude, one, you
0: Oh, uh, no, 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 no. You don't have to. Hey, hey Mick, had,
1: Mick what? the deposit's already been made. So <sighs> the interesting thing was um, Stum, Stum um, lost his ring, and I won't go into the details. That's not my story to tell, but he ended up at the jeweler that made these. And so we found the jeweler, and uh, we think that you deserve one of these rings. So I'd like to know your ring
0: size. Oh, um Oh, oh man. Stop it. I've already cried <laughs> twice this year, okay? I've cried twice this year. I don't want to have to cry anymore. Um I honestly I don't know. it. I, I'll have to check my I got my band on here and I think if I'm not my my, my now uh, better half, she got it for me. So, uh well, you're going to have to check that out and and um uh, uh, I will do it on on one condition, and one condition only. You you uh stammer brick coom all you guys present it in person so we go have dinner yep and and that's that's that that means you don't have any idea i'm gonna cry here in a minute because (laughs) i i this wasn't what i wasn't doing this for Uh, no wait
1: when it when i heard that i was like man that like and and i Obviously, it wasn't intentional by whoever was doing the ring, so I, I don't, don't want, want that, this to no, fall no. back on them yet. I mean, no, you've it. been such a such a, um, a glue to the organization. And, and with doing the Cherokee Rewind and, and bringing the stories back, um, I don't know if you know, like, it, to relive these memories has been special for us. And and so we're all chipping in, and um, it's something we'd like to do for you. And, and um, so, yeah, whether it's at the alumni game or the 25th anniversary or whatever it is.
0: Uh, we can do that. Uh, but like I said, I want you guys all there to do it in person because that's, I, I mean, I've had a lot of things bestowed on me, you know, and that would be right up there. But like the the SAP award, the, the press box, Restless. all those things, I mean, all those things are wonderful and they are like right up there, the national championship itself. But it's like I tell people, I'm like, that is not uh, why I did this. That is not why I do what I do. It has always been about relationships. It has always been about the friendships and the bond you make over uh, this crazy game we call hockey. You know, that's, that's it. I don't have no perfect rhyme or reason. They told me I did over a thousand games for the Cherokee, but I didn't know because I never counted. I never, it never occurred to me to do it because I did it because I love the game and I love that family. You know, we, I mean, whether we like it or not, uh, Like they say, you know, you have families that you you fight with, you have family members that you love and would take a bullet for, and others you want to strangle or they want (laughs) to strangle you, you know. But uh, that's that's the reason you do this, though, is because you love them. And through thick and thin, no matter how good or how bad, no matter what, at the end of the day, you love them. And that's, that, that's how I've always felt about when it came to TC is it's just it's a love affair that started in 1997 and it's it's never went away. It's only grown after, year after year. But that's, you know, for me, that's the biggest thing. That's the most uh, memorable takeaway I have is just the gift I was given the opportunity to do this and get to act like a perpetual 12 year old. <laughs> you know, streaming into a microphone. Uh, that's what that's the biggest thing for me that I've been able to take away from all of this is, you know, because I could sit here and try and rattle off a million names. And whether it's all the coaches that we worked with, uh, the, all the GMs, I mean, Mike Robertson, I still laugh every time uh, the old coach for St. Louis, Jack Behan, tells me the story of when he he whisked, a, whipped a bottle, a water bottle. At Mike Robertson, and <laughs> on, the, on the from the bench, and he—I guess he got him. He clocked him. Oh, really? He, yeah, and he—he he told me a couple other stories that, again, I can't hear. But uh, there's just some funny Man, stuff. Hockey that, players, that,
1: like, it just amazes me. Like, like the the violence, the controlled violence that would go on out there. I mean, I'm looking back now, and I'm like, you run full speed into the boards trying to hit somebody. And not think yeah. twice about it. If I did that today, Mick, I would probably snap in half.
0: Yeah, yeah. You'd probably. Well, <laughs> you, know, you got to remember, there, buddy. You're 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 starting to you're starting to advance in years a little bit, but uh, you're still in good shape, Uh you can flex. That's okay. But uh, no, it's just the idea, though, that uh, uh, you know the the and then the other thing that's really interesting about hockey, though, it's one of the few sports. Where no matter how violent and how agitated and how angry you get at somebody, and you want to beat the snot out of them, and go and attack them, and yet and you guys you know chirp each other the whole game, and you call them this and you tell them you're going to do this to them and that and the other thing, and yet at the end of the game when it's all done and you're off the ice, it's like yeah you might be you know yeah that guy was a jerk on the ice but
1: when They're you guys respect. are
0: there's still respect, and if you see them out at at the at the at the at the pub and you're having a, a sarsaparilla or two, you know, there's nothing, there's, you know, it's still, there's that respect. Uh, I remember uh, one of the old bus drivers we had, uh, this is a, lot, a little after you, he was telling me about, uh, he, he was a black bus driver, and he was telling me about this time that he was driving one, a minor league team around, I, I don't know if it was Fort Wayne or who, but it was a minor league team, and it may have been the K-Wings, it may have been the K-Wings, anyway, he was driving into I forget where another locale on a road trip, and after the game, some of the guys from both teams went to the same bar and were sitting there tossing a few back <laughs> and a couple of the locals started giving the bus driver some crap, oh, saying, really? "What are you doing here?" yeah and they were go- they threatened they were going to beat him up and he said he says "Mick, he says the last thing I remember was i seen." Three tables full of guys shoved the tables, shoved the chairs out of the way and walked in front of me and beat the living crap out of these four guys that were trying to threaten me. He said he they beat them, took them outside and left them for dead. He said and he said that's that's he goes, that's why I love hockey, he says, because of how you know how tight the people are in this sport. He said it's like no other in, in terms of the tightness you know, the, how, how close people are and they have your back and their teammates, you know, and I'm like, it's very true. It's yeah. very true, you know? So, but, um, anyway, uh, anything else you got for me before we wind her up? Cause I've, I've been able to dry my tears up here. So <laughs> I'm, I'm doing okay.
1: Well, it's, um, no, just thanks for what you're doing. It, it, it's, it's, it, it's humbling to have been a small part of such a great organization. And, um, uh Toledo is just uh, the Cherokee have just done a great job and it's neat seeing it still going. So, um, thank you.
0: Hey, thank you. You know, that's, again, that's the big thing is, you know, yeah, I know I'm the guy who do, you know, hosting this thing, but, uh, it's still the reason I'm hosting it is because I want to feature the guys that were a part of this, that are part of that legacy, you know, that, because the guys now, the players now, they can say, yeah, it's great. You know, and I appreciate it. And it's pretty cool. But they don't know the they don't know the history, they don't you know they they might see the names up on some of the banners, and, and things like that. They might see, but they don't know who those they don't know who those people are. You know, we were here laughing about Nikki Diachen, but they don't know that that guy that played that who when he was on the ice he was tough man. He was a tough yeah. kid. And you mean, know,
1: we, you know, and that was tough too because um, a couple guys in the apartment didn't make the final roster. So yep. talk about a tough kind of grow up moment where you know, you got three guys going to nationals, the other two guys not making the roster. And, and, um, yeah, it was, it was just special getting to be a part of that. And, um, so yeah, thanks for having me on here, Mike. Don't forget to plug the, uh, the restaurant, even though we're not there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) what's the name of it on Lake Erie there. (laughs) Oh, uh, Chateau Louise. Yeah. Chateau
0: Louise. Yep, Yep. Chateau Louise right here on the shores of Lake Erie. Well, I do that when I broadcast from there, but, uh, yeah I always am grateful for them. They're always good to me, and their food's actually pretty good, so cool. it really is it's it's legitimately really good so but uh Hank, man, it's been fun catching up, buddy. It I hope fun. we can uh, hope we can catch up again sometime, like I said, you know, whether it's you know whether we watch another game or just get together on Zoom a bunch of us and start shooting the poop and uh telling tales where we don't have to hold back so All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. So anyway, uh, Hank Avink, my guest here today. I thank you so much, good sir. Don't forget, you can give us a follow here on Cherokee Rewind over on Podbean.com. Uh, that's where the, all the episodes are are located. I always put it up on my on my social media, and so you can follow it there. And it'll uh, you put like it that way. You it'll drop every time we put out a new one. It'll let you know. So uh, be sure wherever you can uh, consume your podcasts from, whether it's iHeart, Stitcher, Deezer, Spotify. Uh, tune in. Doesn't matter. Be sure to go ahead and give a, a follow for that, and they'll let you know every time it drops. So, my big thanks out here to Hank A. Vink and, uh, Hank. All the best to you and yours. And again, I, I'm sure, like I said, that we will chat again, my friend.
1: Sounds good, Mike. Thanks.
0: Thank you. Well, that's going to do it from here. Again, thank you so much for hanging out with us and tuning in, and we'll talk to you again next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind. Where hey. We get to act like 12-year-olds, and we're doggone (laughs) proud of them.